Welcome to the Naples Community Church Podcast with Pastor Kurt Anderson. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you find this sermon inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. We trust God has great things in store for you. Enjoy today's message. Well, how'd I do? I I did okay? All right, okay. (laughs) You know, I have a... My dad's cousin was a great tenor from Sweden, a man named UC Burling. So somewhere way down, it's in my gene pool. So I, I have to tap into that gene pool, <laughs> ladle it out. <laughs> I'm going to add a text this morning from, from Deuteronomy. It's a reminder to the people, because life is good. It's easy. Things are going so well. And when life is good and easy and going so well, it's easy to forget. Hear the word of God first from the 8th chapter of Deuteronomy. It is the time to be careful. Beware that in your plenty you do not forget the Lord your God and disobey his commands, regulations, and decrees that I am giving you today. For when you have become full and prosperous and have built fine homes to live in, and when your flocks and herds, flocks and herds, I thought it was going to say stocks and bonds there. (laughs) Flocks and herds have become very large, and your silver and gold have multiplied along with everything else. Be careful. Do not become proud at that time and forget the Lord your God, who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. Do not forget that he led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with poisonous snakes and scorpions, where it was so hot and dry. He gave you water from the rock. He fed you with manna in the wilderness, a food unknown to your ancestors. He did this to humble you and test you for your own good. He did all this so you would never say to yourself, I have achieved this wealth with my own strength and energy. Remember the Lord your God. He is the one who gives you power to be successful in order to fulfill the covenant he confirmed to your ancestors with an oath. And then from the Apostle Paul. The context here is interesting. Paul is up in Macedonia, which is in the northern area of Greece, and he's writing to the Christians down in Corinth. And he's writing, and he's going to send two of his people from Macedonia down to Corinth, because Corinth has made a promise to give a gift. And, but he's sending them as, as advance men, so to speak, to make sure they come through. One of the interesting things about the relationship between Macedonia and Corinth, Macedonia was poor, Corinth was rich. But Macedonia was for them an example, for the Corinthians, an example of generosity and giving. And so Paul, and this whole chapter is kind of tongue-in-cheek, second chapter, pardon me, the ninth chapter of 2 Corinthians. It's a little tongue-in-cheek. I'm sending them before I come just to make sure, because I know you'll fulfill your promise says the Apostle Paul. Hear the word of God as it comes to us from that letter. Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. 
But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. You don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And God will generously provide all that you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. So two good things will result from this ministry of giving. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. God add his understanding to this hearing of his word. So the point is, God gives it all. Everything that we have, all things come from God. All things that we have, all resources, every breath we take, it all comes from God. And with regard to this whole realm of thanksgiving and and gratitude, God gives us first the gift of work. Work is not a part of the curse. It's a part of the created order. God gave the, the Garden of Eden to the man and the woman and to till it and to keep it. Work is a gift of God. And, and so work is a gift. And then he gives, he gives bread. The Lord God gives bread. Any farmer knows who's planted that once it's planted, yes, he can make sure that things are watered and weeded and all of that sort of thing. But it grows. It grows. And yes, the man works that field to bring in the harvest. But there is such joy at the time of harvest for those in an agricultural world who are dependent upon good weather and and all kinds of factors put together. There is such joy because there's an awful lot that they don't do. They watch it grow. And then... They go out and, 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 and reap with, with such joy. The harvest time is a great time of joy. And God gives us then not just work to do the things that we have to do, not just the, the stuff with which we need to do that work. Bread becomes a metaphor for all kinds of ways that we bring increase in life. But he also then provides seed after the fact. He provides with such abundance that there is left over that which is used to restart the whole process all over again. And that's kind of an agricultural way of looking at it. And we can apply our own categories, but the reality is, do we not know? It all comes from God. All of it. For which one of us, which of us chose where we were born? chose our parents which of us chose our our opportunities that became 
available to us as we were growing up in our homes. We make choices then after, after the fact. We make some good choices and some lousy ones. But the reality is we are in this place and in this time. And is there any wondering, really, that this is the greatest nation on earth? That this is the place... I've read some surveys, and I don't know how they got these numbers, that something like 70% of the world population would like to live here. (laughs) And who wouldn't want to live here? Look at how we live. We live without fear. We live with, with tremendous abundance. This nation is so very blessed. And as we heard from Abraham Lincoln, it was that way 150-some years ago, 170 years ago. It was, it, was, it was blessed then, it's blessed now. And yet, can we actually be so blessed and not be grateful? Well, I suppose it's possible. Because it's so easy to take things for granted. It's so easy to just take stuff that we have and and not even think about it. Not even think twice what a gift it is. You know, one of the things that we do here in Naples that's a little weird is that we clap when the sun goes down. Out on the beach, it's a big deal, especially during season when people come down from the north when they can't even see the sun in the daytime. And we go out on the beach, and everyone has a little bit of wine, even though it's not legal out there, but I've never known any of the police to enforce that. And everyone, there's this party spirit out there, and the sun goes down, and everyone applauds. It's a beautiful practice. It's a beautiful cultural reality that we have. Because it's a form of showing gratitude. It's a way of saying thanks. And, and as a way of saying thanks, it, it gives us a sense that, well, imagine wanting to say thanks and not knowing where or to whom we should say thanks. We can't say thanks unless there's someone outside of ourselves to say thank you to. We can't stand at the seashore and and clap at the sun. We can't say thanks because the sun did what it did. I suppose we can conjure up something that makes us grateful for that. But the reality is, to say thanks presumes one to whom we say thanks. And how easy it is for us to simply say, this is thanks to God. Thanks to God who who gives us all things. Thanks to God who entrusts us with the stuff of this life and the stuff of this earth. And what a joy it is to be able to to do that. I don't know if you were up early this morning. Did anyone see Venus this morning? Venus was full. I've never seen it so large. I went out at about... 545, something like that. It was huge. It was so bright in the sky. And of course, it was making its way through these lacy clouds. And I was stunned at its beauty. And I 
Went inside, got some binoculars so I could look at it close, and sure enough, Venus will appear as a crescent sometimes, but sure enough, it was full. So bright, I've never seen it so bright. And I was just thankful, grateful. What a gift. And when we are thankful, when we're grateful, we can find joy in the smallest of things that comes to us that come to us as a, as a surprise of God's mercy and grace. Comes to us without expecting, without looking for it. So the Apostle Paul, when he talks to the church in Corinthian, in the Corinthian church, the Corinthian Christians, what he reminds them is that they are so successful. They've got so much. Yes, these guys are coming down from Macedonia to pick up the gift that is heading down to the poor people of Jerusalem. The, the church in Jerusalem was very oppressed. It was, a, it was getting squeezed out down there, and they needed help from the larger church. So they were going to take the, the gift down to Jerusalem. And, but he reminded them that they are successful not for their own sakes, not so they can have more stuff, but the success that God was giving them was so that they could be generous. So they could have the joy of, of giving. The joy of experiencing the gift of God coming to them, flowing through them out to others. It doesn't mean they impoverish themselves. But it means that they have been given so much that they are in a position to give to others. That's why Christmas time, Thanksgiving time, that's why, you know, we're going to probably snow you with all kinds of giving opportunities. Mission Peniel, St. Matthew's House, Grace Place, Bicycles for Salvation Army, all these things. Because we can. Because we can. And you know, you know the joy of writing one of those checks. You know the excitement. You can anticipate the excitement of a little girl getting a bike on Christmas morning. You know what that is. And the, the ways in which others receive from us. But it's all based ultimately in gratitude. Gratitude. Lou Smeads was a professor at Fuller Theological Seminary, and he was in my church when I was in Michigan, a great theologian. And he had this to say. Made me think of the beach uh, thing that we do around here. We ought to be grateful the way we ought to applaud a great musician who has just set our hearts afire. The way we ought to laugh at a very funny joke. The way we ought to hug someone we love. We ought to be grateful the way that a groom ought to be happy on his wedding day. Or a new mother ought to be glad to nurse her baby. Life calls us to gratitude the way the sun says to the buried seed, you ought to break out of your shell and come alive as the lovely flower you were always meant to be. To be grateful. To be thankful. For those gifts that are given to us, lavished upon us, and grateful in such a way that we can be overwhelmed and, and have a sense of... Can you believe? Can you believe? What have I done to deserve this? Nothing. 
but I've received. I had a dream about a week ago. Kind of a silly dream. But um, all of a sudden, I was back in Riverside. And my youngest daughter was about eight years old. And in Riverside, there's a mountain called Mount Rubido. And every Easter, they have an Easter sunrise service on the top of the mountain. There's a big cross on the top, at least for now. Who knows what will happen with that big cross on the top. But there's a cross on the top and then these large two to three foot steps that people sit on when they, when they go up there for Easter, Easter Sunday morning. And in my dream, my youngest Amy and I who lives in Oregon now, Amy and I went up to the cross and then we were going to make our way down. I went step after step. I was holding her hand and step after step we simply jumped, stepped forward and then jumped down the next step. Step forward and jumped down the next step. Silly little dream. But I woke up. I was so thankful for a uh, a little dream like that, for a little girl like that, who's now a grown woman, mother of two obstreperous little boys. And I just woke up so grateful. And I was grateful that God gave me the gift of that little dream experience. Not that we make too much of our dreams, but it's good that we make something of our dreams. And that we are grateful. Grateful. G.K. Chesterton says that gratitude is the highest form of thought and that it is happiness multiplied by wonder. Happiness multiplied by wonder is gratitude. Because we live this life under God, His provision, and His care. And so this week, eat too much. Kiss too much. Hug too much. Do it all pressed down and overflowing. And be grateful. Will you bow with me in prayer? And we give you thanks. In good times and in bad. In the tough times, O Lord, give us patience. And in the good times, may we be regularly, always grateful. And somehow in the midst of it, may we acknowledge and recognize that all of it comes from your hand. And you are no less God when we are having difficulty. You are no less God when you might say no to our prayers. For you are the one who makes provision for all of us. We thank you in the name of your Son, our Savior Christ. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, there are a few things you can do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.naplescommunitychurch.org. 
If you happen to be visiting Naples, please drop in for our Sunday service at 10 a.m. We'd love to meet you. Thanks again for joining us. Have a fabulous day.